Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How has your week been? Well, I mean, you know that it's been very boring. I've been sitting in my computer watching uh, video files render for like 12 hours at a time, and then they would come out like 100 gigs too big, All right, and then so, they would crash. And so then, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's not what you want to talk about. In the intro, no. Maybe nothing's interesting this week on your end and maybe <laughs> my end. So with that said, mm-hmm. you know that I'm no longer on Facebook. Yes, I saw that my friend count had gone down by one. I'm going to be honest, I don't miss it, but you still are on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am on Facebook. I don't use Facebook. I just no, use no, no, it for the you, birthdays. You ha- right. You have the account. You're mm-hmm. active. I'm not active. I, I check it because I like the attention. Okay. Yeah. So will you log in right now? And we don't have to name names, but just give me an update of, of like what's going on on the timeline. Who is doing anything? Am I missing something by not being on Facebook? Right, That's what on. I want to find out right now. First of all, you're not. <laughs> but long story short, you're not. Okay. But all right. First uh, person who pops up. First person who pops up is... Describe the person and I'll see if I... Do I know this person? Yes. Okay. So it's a girl who went to our high school. She was a year older than uh, me. Okay. She was a uh, kid in my grade sister, and she um, had sex with Derek Jeter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know who she is. Yep. How's she doing? Great. She just had a kid. Oh, by Derek Jeter? Nope. Okay. So uh, that's uh, now two kids, not by Derek Jeter. And how did she announce it? Taking Labor Day weekend to a whole new level. Oh, there we go. Little little pun. Yeah, you get it. Okay. Okay, good. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Who's next? Sponsored post by Grant Baldwin. Who is that? Don't know. Okay. Is he a friend? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's a sponsored post. Got it. It's about public speaking. You know what? I don't miss that. Okay. Yeah, you were right. Uh, next person is a girl who we sort of know from the industry. Okay. She says that she needs some She needs some to do my backyard deck. Oh, she needs some recommendations. Gotcha. To do her backyard deck. Any recommendations? Looking to get this done ASAP. <laughs> Where does this person live? I, I assume it's it somewhere says, around here. It says Ozone Park, Queens. Okay. So the only person I know from there is Upscale Vandal. Right. And I guess her. <laughs> Do they know each other? No. Are they friends? So when's the last time you saw this person? <sighs> Would it be weird if you just jumped in right now and said, I got a guy? <laughs> It'd be weird if I said that I am the guy. No, what if you say, what if you just tagged Upscale Vandal? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're no help with with that. Uh-huh. Who's next? Uh, Grant Baldwin, An- sponsored post. Another sponsored post. <laughs> Who is Grant Baldwin? He's a public speaker, I guess. Oh. <laughs> He's gonna help me with my public speaking. Can he? Can he? Can he build a deck? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> Maybe you should act Grant Different Baldwin. Different kind of deck. But All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next uh, is a guy who. We've met maybe twice. This is a Facebook friend of yours, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, twice this is in real life. Twice in real life. What, um, what does this person do? Do we go to school with this person? No, he works in the industry. He works in radio. Okay. Um, he said, nobody. And then he said, me. Hey, here's my top 50 favorite songs in no particular order. So it's all his top 50 songs. So he was serious. No, I mean, like, you know. He meant he, no one's asking. Yeah. It's that meme. Yeah. Are we tired of that meme, by the way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not a meme. It's a joke format. It's just, not a good. Just curious. Yeah. Who are his top three? Uh, the Pixies, Where Is My Mind, Buckshot, Buck'em Down, Beat Miners Remix, and Guns N' Roses Civil War. That's the top three. By the way, nobody was right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for this. No, not at all. Um, nice guy, though. 
that we I mean we you know the two times or three times we've met would you unfriend him based off this I would unfriend everybody <laughs> there's a girl I went to uh college with yeah who was dating a guy who um they got married they have kids oh congratulations and is this what she's announcing on Facebook <laughs> She is announcing that they went to a wedding. They got married like, you know, a dozen years ago. Got it. But they took a bunch of photos, just the parents. Uh, little Hashtag no kids. Yeah, little parents weekend. Hashtag drunk enough to dance. Okay. Hashtag are, Tito's. <laughs> are you the type of person who has mm-hmm. ever used a hashtag on Facebook? Not like seriously. If So if... I, if, wouldn't, I would never be the guy who was like hashtag like fun hashtag yeah. it's the real fun i do remember when i was on facebook someone i went to high school with um and also had been married to his wife for whatever like a decade or something i do remember that the wife who i didn't know very well mm. she would hashtag everything and That's they would so be dope. like it would be like uh, putting their names together you know i always like people who use hashtags like or emojis in sad situations. Oh. <laughs> where it's like R.I.P. Dad. Oh, my Or like, God. you know, um, like crying face for uh, a loved one. You know, there are people, I'm assuming, who search that. Yeah, but like, why? Isn't that weird? You're going to find a bunch of like posts about, you know, someone's father who passed away who you don't know. I mean, I guess I understand it if like somebody our age passed away and then like you have like RIP whatever. Okay. So I know you're going to bring up the guys who write on people's Facebook walls. That's a real question. Isn't that weird of you? Yes, it is weird. But also like people talk to their dogs and that's weird. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I do know. I do know. Like, it's like, you're not going to get any answers from this, but I guess if you want to channel your energy and you want to talk to a dead person's Facebook page, one sided conversation saying, Hey, was thinking about biology class, thought you know, of you. Yeah, I don't know if you remember your password to your Facebook. Hope you <laughs> hope you check this in heaven. Hashtag dog talk. Hashtag <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, it's five people's birthdays. Let's see how many I know. Okay, all right. A girl that we met in London who we talked to fairly regularly. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. A, I don't even know how to pronounce this person's <laughs> name. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. A girl. Oh, wait, no, I thought it was a different girl. Okay. Don't, don't know who this person nope. is. Happy birthday. Uh, a person whose name is Epic Berry. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, fifth person is Nick Lombardo, who... Oh, we're putting his name out there. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I know him, and I, I don't think he would be mad at me. <laughs> Happy birthday to Nick Lombardo. I haven't seen him in at least a dozen years. Does he look the same? He looks... He combs his hair to the right now. Uh, oh, got it. That's different. Yeah, there you go. But, so uh, he's Nick Lombardo. Married. Yeah. So his whole story is that his <laughs> his whole story his whole the whole story to this kid <laughs> is that DMX yes. used to get pulled over in our town. Yeah. He would go to a a model toy store. He would like to get these uh, remote control cars. There was one in our town. Yeah. There was also a courthouse, yeah. and that's where he would go, and every, all the kids would ditch school and then go over there. Okay. So DMX but, <laughs> DMX didn't have a driver's license. Yeah. He would drive without it. Get pulled over. In the town limits, mm-hmm. have to go to court. Yep. And then... Then he would go to the pizza place. Yeah. And the pizza place was owned by Nick Lombardo's family. Shout it was out. called Sophia's. Shout out to Sophia and to Nick. Okay. How's Nick doing? Nick seems like he's doing great. Wonderful. Happy birthday to uh, to everybody. Yep. Epic Berry. 
Nick Lombardo, mm-hmm. whoever else. Yep. Uh, very happy for uh, everyone who's having kids and uh, sorry about everyone who's lost their dad and dog. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, anything else? Oh, shout out to Grant Baldwin. Oh, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> we should have him on the podcast. He's a public speaker. He's really good in uh, public settings. Oh, my God. Anything else on Facebook that I'm missing out on? There is so much on Facebook. I can keep going forever. <laughs> well, before we get into anything more, mm-hmm. who's on the podcast today? Vladimir Putin, by the way, <laughs> yeah. says that uh, he says hi. Yeah, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Shout out to all our Russian bot friends over at Facebook. Mm-hmm. Jeff, who's on the podcast today? On the podcast today is Little Brother. Wait. Big Brother and Little Brother. We just went there. <laughs> Rapper Big Poo. Yes. Fonte. The real one. <laughs> Little Brother, live and in person here, celebrating the return and their new album, May the Lord Watch. Jeff, we had previously had Fonte on maybe a year and a half ago. Our most listened to episode of 2018. What a great episode. Please do check that out. But uh, do we know what number that is? You can check that right now. I'm going to. In the meantime, Little Brother... Pooh and Fonte tell why they broke up, what they've been doing, and why they got back together. And this is their most honest and revealing and dynamic interview, I promise you. This was so honest and so funny and so deep in terms of who they were when they were younger, who they are now what kind of music they're making because they're together again. And it was just a really dope afternoon spent with these guys who you know from their records, and then you hear the full story of of who they are as humans, and it makes me listen to those records with a whole new ear, and it was a privilege to sit down and, and just go through this journey with these guys. Oh, and uh, by the way, it's episode number 176 for Fonte. Shout out to Fonte, shout out to Big Pooh, mm-hmm. shout out to everybody who got excited when we put a picture up of the four of us. You know, there's a lot of interviews out there that these guys have been doing. I promise you, this is the one to listen to, but you but, made it this far, so seemingly. Yeah, I think you're going to if, yes. you, if you got it this far. <laughs> um, I will say... I've had, you know, um, the song, I'm just a gigolo, gigolo. Sure, David Lee Roth, yep. yeah. I always have in my head. <laughs> Fontigolo. I'm just Fontigolo, tigolo, and everywhere <laughs> I go. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up, it's Eric, a.k.a. Serial Liar, a.k.a. Cap and Crunch. Yo, what up, it's Jeff, a.k.a. Tricking on you hoes, a.k.a. Hot Magician Summer. <laughs> Yo, what up, it's Fontigolo, and I don't know what the fuck is <laughs> This is Rapper Big Pool, and let's just say I have been shocked and awe. <laughs> yeah, it's your third favorite podcast to waste time with It's The Real. Man, we got gunshots. Oh, yeah. Get down and lay down. Guys, what's happening? Look, man. Okay, look. We were talking about best bootleg album. Yes. I, you said B. Yes. Comment, no, it's not. No. The best bootleg album. Of all time. Of all time. Mm. Ghostface, the uncut version of Bulletproof Wallets. How did you get yours? I can't remember. No. Oh. Because of the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the be- that's the best version, bro, because that was a version that had the sun with Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. It had the original version of Flowers with the Bob James sample. It had uh, the good time shit he was rapping over. 
It had the watch when he was rapping over the Barry White shit. Do you still about, have this on some burned yes, CD somewhere? I, I have it. I have it on a hard drive. Really? The OG Bulletproof Wallet. I need that. <laughs> Yo, dog, that shit was that. incredible, but it was a lot of shit they didn't they couldn't get cleared because right. of samples. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, RZA yeah. didn't even know some of the shit or whatever. But dude, that I still think if that if the original version of that album would have got released, I think Ghost trajectory would have been very different. Whoa. Okay, I'm gonna counter. Okay. Best bootleg album. Mac and Cheese 4 by French Montana, <laughs> which was... I've never heard that. <laughs> which was leaked. It was put into a Target up in Minnesota, and then they were like, oh, we actually, we can't release this. Wow. And so they took it and back. And also, by the way, yeah, they right behind merch. you, Epic, yeah, sent over, like, an actual giant Mac and Cheese box. It was box. called Mac and Cheese 4 for real? Yeah, 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 that yeah, was, yeah. I but don't worry. It's not, it's yeah, not yeah, like the Avengers. You don't have to catch up. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah, you, should, you can just yeah. jump straight yeah, into yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. But yeah. that was the one where they had, like, the single with, like, Kanye and, like, Nas, right? Didn't yeah, they shoot yeah, a video yeah. on, like, a tarmac or something like that? Was that? Sorry, I'm really big into French Montana. French Montana. I know... Mm, okay. Nah, nah, <laughs> you, ce- you celebrate the man's discography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really on it. Like, I mean, I knew the the records. The I know. Records. I know yeah. the singles. Yeah, know yeah. The singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the mac and cheese. I remember that series. I remember them shit used to go off. Like, oh, I'm a homie. Still they was, do. Still yeah, do. Yeah. Was on that shit. in this apartment <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> so what mac and cheese is he up to now? Is uh, we're still on four. Yeah. Oh, so oh, that was yeah, the last yeah, one. He hasn't. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. He hasn't done a reboot. No. Yeah. Congratulations on your guys' new album. Man, Congratulations on all like the the positivity that's around you guys. When was the last time that you guys were in New York City together? Shit. Twenty ten. Yeah. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. It was a gig we did at. What, what, could, could, could they, it was they switched. Venue, they switched yeah. the venue. Like we were supposed to have been at like Highline or something. Yeah. And they switched the venue to a venue it was like a new venue or something it somewhere was like, else it's like we'll give you a little bit more money if you just switch the venue today <laughs> right it was straight like, up we switched it the day of the show how'd that go over it, I remember it being the, the show, the was, show fine. was fine. Okay. There was people there we, like, we, we lost some audience though. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that changed for a bigger the, venue no it's just a change at the last minute just yeah. threw some people threw off a lot of folks like, yeah off. Because it was a new venue. Yeah. yeah. And I remember that night we did that show. And I remember this was, I don't think we got on stage it till like late. 11.30 to like maybe 12. And it, it was, was like late. another show going on. <laughs> like, it was the worst <laughs> show ever. Yeah. So that's why now like all our shows, we stress the idea of grown man rap time. Mm-hmm. Doors at 8. DJ plays from 8 to 9. Little brother on stage at 9. Little brother off stage, 10, 30, quarter, depending. Everybody's right. in bed or wherever else you're going to be yeah. by 11, 30, 12. <laughs> Straight up and down. We're, Early bird dinner, like right beforehand. That's yeah, right. All that. yeah. Mac Listen, and cheese. Yeah. yeah. Have uh, your mac and cheese. That's what it is. So we're, we're longtime friends of Bun B, and it always blew our minds that Bun was just like, I like to like have a nine to five. My recording is during the day. I'm not, I'm sorry, going to go record like late at night. Wow. He's like, I have a wife at home. He's like, I got to live my life, get some sleep. Let's do this at like decent hours. Yeah, man. Yeah, some people like that. They they just straight like listen, <laughs> listen. Okay, about eight o'clock. Count me out that studio. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. We just happen to start around <laughs> ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. We, we're the other way around. Like yeah. recording yeah. is like all like I've tried to record during the day and like I mean I can do it. Is it because there's light outside or it just feels man, different? I think it's for me personally. I think it's just. The vibration is different during the day because everybody is up. And so there's a lot of distractions and just the energy is really, it's kind of, you know, kind of manic to me. It feels that way. But at nighttime, 
when everyone's asleep, when I know, okay, wife's asleep, son's in bed, everyone's taken care of, the rest of the world is asleep <laughs> for the yeah. most part, that's when I can really lock in and, and focus and say, okay, now we can write this thing. Got but it. Just, it. I find that very hard to do during the day. I've never, I mean, I can do it. I mean, I'm a professional. Yeah. I can stop <laughs> dropping rap, but. Yeah, it's just. Do it I, right now. <laughs> do just a quick, like, 100 bars. Mac and cheese for rap. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that was it. That was always my thing. We always that's our rhythm was always at night. That's where it always made the most sense. Least least amount of distractions happen at night. Yeah. Especially for us now. Yeah. It's like like we I would we was recording at Tay House this album and I'll be staying at his crib and we wouldn't see each other till about seven, eight o'clock that straight night. Straight up and down. And I'm his, literally staying at his crib. <laughs> yeah, no, straight up. Like I cause I would have to go like, you know, get my son from school, yeah. gotta, you know, everything. So by the time we actually got home or would actually do it the phrase i always say is you know in in regards to creating just like get to the chair Mm -hmm. so it's just you just you know the hardest part of the creation process is just getting to the chair like so you know it would just be by the time i get through all these other distractions and just through all the other businesses we got going you know Pooh, he's managing loop and he's doing like all these other things i'm doing tv work voiceover stuff so by the time and actually having a family i mean we both got wives and you know you want to be present to some degree you know what i mean so the hardest part was just actually some days just get into the fucking chair to do the so work. so what do you guys think of when all these young kids complain that there's not enough time to get everything done bullshit <laughs> you motherfuckers have no idea how much time you have really because i was like that i mean it's, it's like that at 25 when yeah. you just you think that you have all these things to do, do you have no fucking idea how much free time you really got? Yeah, it's just it's just about knowing how to prioritize stuff at the end of the day. You just got to know, like, all right, listen, okay, I can't stay up drinking till, you know, four in the morning and then wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon, half the fucking day gone by two. Yeah. Now, granted, I still don't get up till about 11. Oh, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But <laughs> I know how to get all my work done in that in that time period, so it's plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy of mine. He was uh, he was uh, like in business school, and he was saying one of the things they do like on the first day is they give you too much work, and the idea is that they're showing you you have to prioritize. There's no way in hell you're gonna get all this done. So immediately your first uh, task as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, is to separate the wheat from the chaff like what's important what's bullshit and that's like the big thing so uh so what was the most important thing that you guys had on your mind going into this recording process the record the record (laughs) bottom line we had we had to make the best it it was like the mantra yo we just got to make the best record we can make i'm not worried about shit else yeah we didn't do we started so we started working on this album uh, this is like October of last year. Yep. We didn't finish it. Like finish, finish, got the final master back after I made some revisions and stuff. The final master wasn't done until like uh, the 10th. The 10th of August. The 10th of August. And then the album came out the 20th of August. So we were working on this to the thing last minute. to the last, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And not giving bootleggers any chance to get you know, it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, man. Shit, we, ain't nobody knew when it was <laughs> People thought we started working on this joint in May. <laughs> At the end of May. Yeah, we didn't even tell them. And so, yeah, man. So that was the thing. Like, we were just like, we have to get the record first. And then from there, then you can get your merch and the site and all these things. But the music is going to inform all those things. So if the record ain't right, it don't matter what the fuck kind of other products you have on the side. If the music ain't hitting, none of that other shit even matters. So that was our main goal. Was like, this music's got to be air fucking tight. 
Um, I mean, I, I think we should take it even further back than just this album and talk about it. So, like, a year and a half ago, we talked to Fante, and at that point, no reunion was on your mind. At all. What about you? No. Okay. So We were good. I mean, we were friends. Yeah, no, no, I know that. But it was... You and Jeff? Yeah, we were oh, friends. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Have, yeah. Man, we have a group chat. <laughs> we have a group chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that means something. Yes. <laughs> but so, like, um, I know that... Well, how did it all come together? Uh, organically, man. Like, I mean, the, the thing is, like, even when Fonte and I started back speaking to each other um, in uh, like 2016, 2016, the idea came up multiple times, and I, and I just always know, I was like, listen, this is it's just gonna have to happen. Like, we can't force this. We can't try to make it happen for what. It, like, it just it's gonna have to happen on its own. And so, um, last year, thank you, Royce. Uh, shout out to Royce Five Nine. Shout out to Netflix. Flight. Yeah. Changed everything. <laughs> Changed everything. Um, uh, Article Festival in Durham was going on. It was Royce, uh, Nas, Erica Badu. Yeah, that was the lineup. That was the lineup. Original lineup. Royce missed his flight. Uh, Suleiman, who was um, putting on the, the festival, he runs the festival. Um, he called Fonte about a set. Tay hit uh, DJ Flash, who's little brother's DJ and his tour DJ and. Flash didn't answer the phone, as Flash <laughs> tend to do. Yeah, he was probably sleeping. <laughs> and uh, so he called Ninth about DJing his set. And once they started talking, it was like, yo, let's let's call Pooh and let's see what it is. Yeah, it was totally. And so I have to, I have to stress. So by this time. This is 4.30 p.m. They called me, yeah, at 4.30 in the afternoon. The stage time is at like 8. Grown so, man time. Yeah, grown man this time. Is grown, yeah, yeah. And this is really grown man time. I mean, this is a lawn seating fucking environment. This is like Tom Joyner shit. So we caught so they called me at eight o'clock and Tom um, Joyner shit is like the the, the boat. The, the right? crew, yeah. That's the crew. Well yeah. Tom Joyner, maybe more jazz fest. Maybe that's more of a jazz fest. Yeah. More, more essence fest. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. So yeah, man. So they uh I I hit him and at this time we're in Durham, Pooh is in Charlotte, which is like two hours away. And so I called Pooh, and I'm like, hey, man, we got this opportunity. Are you, you fucking with it? And he's like, yeah, I'm with it. I said, when do I got to leave? I said, man, you got to leave nah. about 15 minutes ago. How heavy is your foot? <laughs> oh, shit. I, 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 I grabbed, I just grabbed whatever out the cloud. I was like, I ain't got to iron that. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I ain't got to iron that. Yep. Yeah. Hopped in the car. Pew. And that was it. And that I, was, was it. I was on my way. Did you have anything else that you would have been doing that night? No. <laughs> oh, they're chilling. They're chilling. Yeah. 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 I, and the only reason I was out because um, I don't think I was even planning to go out that night because there was a two days weekend festival. So me and my wife had hung hang out had, were hanging out the night before because we went to see Maxwell. Maxwell was like that Friday night. So we wanted to see Maxwell. So we went to see Max that Friday night. And then Saturday, it was Erica, Nas. And I mean, I've seen them before. So we was like, all right, we just chilling. So I'm literally at home just in the bed doing nothing. And I got the call and that's what kind of set all in motion. So we did the show, um, pulled it off. And then afterwards, that next day, that Sunday, we were having a cookout at my crib. And uh, Pre-scheduled? Uh, or was this like a celebration of like, hey, we all got together last um, night? Well, it, was, I, it, was, it was more impromptu. Yeah, because I, like, I mean, I was going to cook anyway because I always cook around that time, uh, around all the cool. But because Pooh was in town and all our homies were in town, I was like, all right, we're going to make it a thing. Yeah. Let me get a third rack of ribs. So, <laughs> only to find out all these motherfuckers stopped eating pork. And shit. So, it was kind of counterintuitive. It was counterintuitive. No counter <laughs> yeah, counter but, uh, but nah, bro. So, we, we came together. We came to the crib. And um, we just started talking. Like, so what does a new Little Brother album sound like? What, how you feel about moving forward? And we were just very clear doing it this time 
to just have a lot of conversations early on, you know what I mean? Because I, I think one of the things that really broke us when we first started is just we just started and like we didn't we didn't talk about we shit. We didn't talk about nothing. It was all I mean? surprise. Yeah, it was almost like some boy band shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like straight up where it was like. Who was your Lou Pearlman? <laughs> who was the Lou Pearlman? Uh, who was the Lou Pearlman? Who would be our Lou Pearlman? Papa Lou. Uh, well, Papa I don't know Lou. anyone because, I mean, no one touched my balls. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> I won't say. Yeah. I don't think we had a Lou Pearlman. Who touched your heart? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But yo, man, but yo, it was like some shit. It was like, I mean, we weren't thrown together like a boy band, but in that sense, but it was a thing where, okay, you guys have a chemistry. Let's get together and boom, let's just go. And we just never look back. So you had a chemistry all those years ago. Yeah. What happened the moment you guys walked those stairs and touched that stage? Muscle memory. Yeah. Like just I mean, recall. you just you just You knew when to cut out and like you knew when to like Yeah, like it just yeah. came back. <laughs> like Yeah. It, it it comes right back. That had to be surreal. Oh, yeah. very. Yeah. It was it was like it was almost like you fall right back into it and then just for that brief moment you you kind of step it like, "Oh, this shit is really happening." Like today in 2018. <laughs> right now, in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> like that was odd. That was that was strange. Especially in the course of like four or five hours to like conception to but, execution. But once again, because it happens so quick, you don't have much time to think about it. Or to overthink about yeah, it. Yeah, to yeah. overthink because even when I was driving up to um to meet them in Durham, I didn't have time to think about it because I was listening to old little brother songs to make sure I knew what the hell I was doing. <laughs> like, I so that was what was on my mind. Like I had to put my phone on do not disturb and I just rode up just listening to little brother records the whole way. Like I had an idea of like songs we normally perform. So I said, I just got to go over all these songs cause I have no idea which ones. Go with my cliff notes. Yeah. 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 Straight <laughs> up, straight up. And I was doing the same thing. I mean, some of those records, I mean, I hadn't listened to the minstrel show Probably in a good, I mean, a solid eight years, like straight up. But everything came back. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's muscle memory. You know what I mean, it's a, a lot of it, the, the lesson for me, and it was kind of a lesson I had learned just uh, when I was doing, when I was working on the breaks for VH1, and I was had to coach actors on, like, doing the records. And so one of the actors I worked with, Antoine Harris, uh, who played Arm in that series, big ups to him, uh, shout out to him. He would learn the records, and so we were going over rehearsal, and he was sitting down. And so we were just in my hotel room going going over it, and he had it. So then the next day, we went to go record at Primo's spot, and he was kind of forgetting lyrics because he was standing up rapping. I said, yo, sit down because that's the way your body remembered it. You That's the Lou Perlman in you. <laughs> yeah, minus the minus ball touching. <laughs> you have to put that on there. Minus the ball touching, people. But yeah, bro. So it was that. That was how your body remembered. So when we started doing the shows, it came back because like, oh, okay, I remember when I do this part. This is where he drops out, and then you know I'm holding the mic like this, and we'll hit this pose. Like it all. It was a full body experience in every in every way. How nervous were you guys? I mean, I'm always nervous before I get on stage. So <laughs> yeah. it was, it was for me. It, I mean, I, if if I'm not nervous before I get on stage, something is going to go terribly wrong. So that's number one. And yeah. I think nervousness is a sign of respect for your audience. I think that really is a, a sign of you you honor your audience enough to feel like I don't want to fuck this up. The yeah. minute you feel like ah oh, shit, I got it. <laughs> you gonna do yeah, a you gonna fuck show. it up. Yeah. So it wasn't even like 
getting on stage, performing, that was, you know, whatever. I mean, the excitement, the adrenaline was high, so I was concerned about that. Because when your adrenaline high, that's when you get gassed. Yeah, yeah you blow mm. your load Quit. early. Yeah. Like, and I blew my load in the first record. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Fonte had to start the record because I was up there so hyped, I forgot, oh, I do start this song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You was the first verse. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I got it from here. And and I mean the, the words was fine after that, but I was just I was gassed after that first record because it was just like, yo, this shit really happening. And did like, you guys have any understanding of what was going on online? No. No. We yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, I just, you know, we talked with uh with the promoter Suleiman. We was like, look, man, we just gonna post this picture, let them know. Look, little brother's going down, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever. And from he was hitting me, he was like, "Dude, this shit is going crazy. I'm getting hit from everywhere." And but we didn't know. I mean, because at this time we're getting ready to perform. Kids, don't do this at home. <laughs> I tweeted my post out as I was getting ready to get on the highway. Oh. <laughs> Literally, like it was. It was that. Like it was. So I didn't have time to look after that. I was just like, oh, I put this shit up and I see it after the show. Yeah. And then my notifications damn near killed my fucking battery. <laughs> so yeah, I felt like an Instagram honey. Just, <laughs> that, was, that was the closest I've come to Instagram honey status. Just, my IG honey status is is, is is killing them right now. So on stage, you're so like just in that zone. The moment you step off that stage, what did it feel like? Oh, man, it was um, shit relief. Yeah. Relief. It was like, it's still kind of like for me, some adrenaline, like just still shock. I guess in some ways, just it wasn't like, like the perfect opportunity to bring up something from ten years ago and be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> you ain't the last stoppers." We was on tour. Remember that time you drank my drink on the tour bus? You remember that shit? Because I do. Yeah, I, nah, it wasn't that. It was just, I mean, you know, I was there. My my wife, and my son were there, and we just left. And I think, I think, what do we? I think did we go to Waffle House or some shit after that. I think you and went I, to see Madison. Oh yeah, I went to see Madison. Yeah, yeah. my girl uh, Madison McFerrin. She was performing. We went to see her, and we made it there. Right at like the very end of her set, and uh, shout out to her. She's on the the new Little Bird record. She's on our single, uh, Black Magic. Actually. Right on. And so, um, but yeah, man, we uh, we did that, and yeah, afterwards it was just like, okay, so where from there? It felt like we can make this an ending or we can make this a beginning. You know what I mean? And um, we decided to make it the start of something new. So, well, first of all, who was the most random person who reached out to you guys like afterwards? Like unexpected. Like Questlove reaches out fine, but like who's who's somebody you were just like oh. no disrespect to Questlove? No, no, by yeah, the way. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah but no, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of in the, yeah, yeah. That's in the neighborhood. Yeah, I don't know, man. Strange for me, uh, uh, man. Like Casey Veggie shouted me out. That's dope. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I, did, I didn't even know. I didn't even think he knew who we were. You know what I mean? But um, him, he was like, yo, this little brother album going off, man. It was a lot of people, you know, we were doing the talking earlier and just how the strangest thing for me and one of the most beautiful things as well in coming back in this way, we're really seeing like kind of how far the tentacles of this thing we started went. And that was something that we had no idea, you know what I'm saying, of, of where it was going to go when we started it. You know what I mean? Um, you, it's like you, you, you make a record, you make art, and once you release it into the world, it doesn't belong to you anymore. You created it, but you don't have full ownership on it. And wherever it goes, people are going to take, it's going to mean something else to them. And you have no control over the way in which it speaks to them or who it speaks to. So some of the people that have been hitting us, I mean, like Casey, he was one, I think. Um, Somebody from like, I don't know if you write for, works for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah the Grizzlies do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got me some gear coming. Shout out to Lane Whitaker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he was, because yeah, 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 yeah. Pool's a sports guy, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. looked, and 
you know, I'm just looking at the hashtag and seeing who's retweeting. And it was a lot of people, a lot of comedians. Um, I, that stuff rings off with a lot of comedians for some reason. Um, yeah, just people from all kind of different disciplines. You know what I mean? And um, so you never, you never throughout all the years understood how far it went. I did. Nah, I mean, you, you, you see, because we see, were in it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You, we was when, just working when you're so hard. In it, you don't really like. I was tell, just telling this story. I um. I went to see Dom Kennedy. This is after he uh, released uh, Get Home Safe. And uh, me and uh, Mad Skills, we were, uh, <laughs> randomly, we were in Charlotte. He was coming through. I hit my man Scheme up. He's like, yo, Scheme, I need to come to the show. So he got me tickets. And we backstage. And, you know, I'm a fan of Dom's. And I just go up and like, yo, you know, I'm Big Pooh. He's like, oh, I already know. Little brother, little brother. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, listen to these records right here, baby. That listening influence. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. All right, like, and it's, it's, you just, you see bits and pieces of how people were influenced or touched by something you did. And it's just like, besides the, you know, some of the obvious, you know, like the Drake, yeah, the Drake, the Kendrick the big, or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. But you, you just start seeing how your, your, your influence and what you did touches people. And we actually toured with Kendrick. Our last tour, we was had Kendrick Kend- open yeah. for us. Yeah. It was, Wow, it was our very last tour, and it was some of the wildest shit. And uh, this shout to Kendrick. I hope he hears this. I'm sure. I hope Kendrick doesn't think I was an asshole. But um, <laughs> did you do asshole things? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't yeah. do asshole things actually. But it was just. You at don't that tell time. me. Tell I know. Him. Did you drink his drink? What yeah. happened? Nah. <laughs> so we were doing this. We were doing this was like our last run. We were doing. Uh, we did LA. LA. He did LA and San Diego. LA and San Diego. Yeah. And I think we did a Bay show. We did. Maybe. We did San Fran, but he didn't come. He didn't to come that. to San Fran. So he just did because him. Fonte was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, why he yeah, was like, yeah. "Fuck this tour." <laughs> he was like Lil Wayne on the Blink One Eighty Two tour. Fuck this shit, right, dude? So yeah, man. But so we were doing this this gig and. Um, it was really Pooh that put me on to Kendrick. Um, he had done records. I mean, this is back when he was still going by K Dot, and um, he was like, "Yeah, it's these cats on the West Coast I'm fucking with." You know what I mean? And um, you know, I always have said Pooh was one of the most underrated A and R's in the game. You know what I'm saying? He's played. He's been behind the scenes for a lot of cats like that got their shine, and he was really instrumental in, in helping a lot of these guys get to where they are. So Kendrick was really the, the first time I heard of Kendrick was through Pooh. Whoa. And so, um, so we were talking about him, and he was like, "Yeah, they gonna come out with us. We are gonna have them open on this tour." And we were all for it. I was like, "All right, cool. I mean, he's dope. Like, let's do it." And um, at that time, we were just—I think we both, me and Pooh, were just both over it and just over each other. And so that tour, I remember it just being horrible. Like, we were literally—I <laughs> mean, it was—we were just over it. I was just fucking tired. I'm like. Fuck this shit. Like, I'm done. I'm so fucking tired of this LB shit. Like, I went off the train. Like, we had just been kind of stuck in just... It's like, imagine being stuck in a submarine with somebody for eight fucking years. You know what I mean? And then, and it's just, you never come up for air. We were just album, mixtape, tour, album, mixtape, tour, album. And it's, and that shit just became overwhelming. So, Kendrick's on tour with us. Him, J-Rock, uh, Soul. Ab- yeah, yeah, Soul. Yeah, Soul was wow. with him, too. And so, just to sh- I, I, I tell you all the time to show you how fast the page can turn. Kendrick is on stage performing. It's people. This is in L.A. or was it? I think it was in L.A. San, no, this was L.A. It was L.A. 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 Kendrick fucking Lamar is on stage performing, <laughs> and the crowd is screaming, "Bring little brother out!" Wow. And and we just sitting, and I'm backstage like, "Yo, like, why? <laughs> Are you shitting me? Like, y'all hear this dude?" <laughs> And then, you know, a couple months later, he came with, that was like Section 80, I think. Section came. 80, and he's the hottest 
the hottest person in LA. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yo, this is the same dude that y'all were shitting on yeah. literally a couple months ago. But um, but at that time I met him, he came, he's like, yo, man, I'm a big fan, I wanna work. And I dapped him up, I was like, look, man, it's cool, just pool, just get my number from pool, you hit me anytime, whatever. And I just left. And that was the last time I've actually seen him. That was probably like 2010. You've and, never uh, crossed paths. Never crossed paths. Wow. I don't you leave my house. Such man. an asshole. <laughs> 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 a gaping asshole. Yeah. yeah, that was the last time we saw each other. And so, you know, man, I, I've just been so so proud to see like what he's done and just watching his progression as an artist. And uh but yeah, that was the first time we met and he was on tour with us and that shit was it it was wild to see that someone could be opening for you one time and then they're doing arenas you know just a year or two later first time we ever were around kendrick um remember charles hamilton yes yes so, i do so charles hamilton so j-rock was was the big guy at tde yep. right yep. signed yep. over at uh, asylum he was on side he yep. was on Asylum. yeah so like they're pushing like the the wayne single right and wow. uh we went to a show at sobs the yeah they, they did this like who's next thing hot 97 okay. at sobs so charles hamilton's the big name j-rock's opening up for him Wow. And yeah, and Charles during his set, he was like, "Hey, you want to know what? I'm gonna battle somebody in the crowd. Oh. Anybody in the anybody crowd who, who wants, wants it can get it." And so um, <laughs> there is a picture of Charles standing on. We were sitting at a table, and because um, we're, we're yeah, kind we're, of a big we're deal. Yeah, it's, we're it's very fine. big ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so <laughs> Charles was standing on our table, and we were looking like, "What is happening right now?" And he just like went in the crowd, started battling J Rock. Jarek was like, "No." Talk to my man, K Dot, and K Dot, and there's footage of this on YouTube, but it's crazy because he's just like J Rock's guy, but he, it didn't was, go the way actually, that Charles he, wanted. He was actually I don't think. hype man for J Rock. Like it's interesting how they went. Like so, Kendrick hype man for J Rock, mm -hmm. Schoolboy Q hype man for Kendrick. Yeah, <laughs> and like that was that was how they did it. And yeah. and they're just like not those people anymore <laughs> at all, at no. all. No. Not those people, but still those same people. Yeah, I mean, no, still, no, right, you know right, what I'm saying? for sure. But uh, but yeah, man, that was just that was just a, a odd period. And so the last time that last time we toured. The energy just wasn't right. You know, when you open the interview just saying like how there's a lot of positivity around this time. We were very um It was we a different time. Constant. Yeah. It was so bad that last how time. How bad was it? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember our manager at the time, Big Doe, he was just like, Hey man. Y'all motherfuckers ain't doing no more interviews. Because <laughs> that shit just looked bad. He's yeah. like, yeah, like he's, I, I'm just looking at you. That shit just looked bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, our body though. language was bad. Like, we were, like, we were sitting beside each other, but we were angling outward. You know what I'm saying? Like, we weren't looking at it. Like, it was just, it was, like, just thinking back to that period. The only time we looked like we belonged, like, we were still happy. We're on fucking stage. Yeah, that was the music was the only thing that, that kind of brought it together. But everything else after that, that it, other than that, it was just like, get me away from this nigga. Hey guys, just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you that at itstherealcom we have four new t-shirts. But here's the thing: one t-shirt has been selling far and away more than any other t-shirt. And that's mine. And that is Jeff's. The so, one that I designed. So here's what we're going to do. Jeff, in this commercial break, you are going to tell the people why they should buy the shirt that you designed. Obviously, my shirt is better. Keep buying it. <laughs> Which shirt is that, Jeff? My shirt is the uh, third favorite podcast, because okay. we call ourselves your third favorite podcast. Okay. So you you hand drew it. Yeah. It is. It looks great. It's on a red t-shirt. I don't need to sell it. It feels great. Why am why, I selling it? Why are we selling it? Okay. We, we should sell your poorly selling 
you know, t-shirts, <laughs> the ones that are not selling as quickly as mine. You can go to itsthereal.com slash shop and make up your mind. Itsthereal.com. The public has already made up their mind. Slash shop. And now back to the podcast. Look, that's your business. That's your legacy to that point. How do you have the guts to call it off? Um, I think I don't even honestly, I don't even know if it was guts. I think it was because I think having guts for me um, would have been just to have the conversation. You know, the hardest thing, it, you know, I tell people just in, in working in this business and particularly if you're working in a group setting, you know, I mean, the hardest thing sometimes is just to, just to have the conversations. But if you have a hard conversation, that hard conversation can probably prevent a even harder situation that comes later. But it's getting to that point of just being able to talk. And I think for so much with me and Pooh's relationship, so much of that was just repressed things. And it's never like just one thing. Like people, they were so, so many people like, man, why did y'all break up? What was the big thing that happened? And I'm like, I wish I wish it was something that was like, like it was no I came big home thing. and this nigga was yeah. sleeping with my cousin or something. Like, you know, I wish it was something crazy, but it wasn't that. It was just years you go of not talking, not speaking. First and foremost, when you start this group, you don't even have a blueprint. No one ever sits down and says, okay, we make good music together, but listen, let's have this conversation. What are your expectations of this? Yo. What do you want about this? How do you feel about touring? You don't like the tour. Okay, cool. How do we work around that? Uh, you like all the pink star bursts. I like the pink star bursts. What's our compromise? Like you, you, you don't have those things. So once you just start rolling, you kind of, it's almost like you kind of get eaten by your own creation because now it's like, fuck, I'm trapped in this shit and I can't fucking get out. So, you know, it was for, for me and him, I think it was really just a thing with just so much tension. And then one day the levy just breaks and you just let go and just say all these things you've been wanting to say for the past fucking decade out loud out loud and in a very unkind way and there's no coming back from that it's like where do you go from there you can't you can't heal from that and then know? everybody asks you about it all the time yeah <laughs> right and that just compounds the anger. So, like, so what was that Stop thing asking me about this motherfucker. <laughs> god like, yo that, and that and, and that makes a lot so i think that when you when you say like what gives you the courage to end it I don't think either one of us really had the courage. Well, I won't, I won't speak for. I know at the time, just speaking for me, I didn't have the language to say. I just didn't know how to express. Like, dude, I'm just burnt the fuck out. You know what I mean? It's not even you or you know or anything person. It was just, I'm just fucking tired, man. I just need a break. <laughs> how did the dynamic change with just two of you as opposed to three of you? Because Three, you can have like a tiebreaker, right? It was always two. It was always two. <laughs> <laughs> after, after, the, after the creation of the listening, it's been two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think for us, a lot of times, like, so the difference, when people ask the difference, the major difference between the first go-round and this go-round is, one, we had the conversation. We continue have to have conversations up front, but we took control this time and said, you know what? What do you want to do? What, what don't you want to do? Cool. Okay, this is what I'm cool with. Fuck it. This is what we're going to do, and this is what we ain't going to do. And yeah. that's just what it is. Whereas, because none of us knew anything, you allow you can allow other people to influence your decision, or you'll end up making 
choices that you'll, you'll uh, compromise to, yeah. you know, way more than what you normally would. And it'll be like, oh, I really don't want to do that. But, oh, yeah, like I remember, okay. like I remember we were doing, you remember that thing we fucking did for Vibe? It was, I man, this is we were promoting Minstrel Show. Mm-hmm. Vibe had us do this thing in Times Square where we would blindly approach people yes. and have them listen to our single. And this sounds really on brand for both of you. Because <laughs> I totally right. so on brand. Yeah. You know I mean? Dude. So we're sitting there and, and we just looking at shit like, are y'all serious? Now, the funny thing was, everybody we approached, we played loving it. We did not get a bad response. That's great. Plants. Everyone, yeah. every single one in the industry fucking played. Yeah, dude. Everybody we played for, they was like, yo, I, I like this. Well, yeah, who are y'all guys? Okay, I'll check for y'all. But it was just still like, that's just not who we are. Right. And so when we when we started doing this record, we just took a strict policy of just there would be no compromise. And so in terms of even with the music, you know, when we said there were times in the past where it may have been a beat that I wasn't really big on, but Pooh really liked it. And I was like, okay, we can do it. It was songs that he wasn't really big on, but I got it and he just did it on the strength. Like, all right, I, I trust your judgment. But for this record, we just made a specific, a, a very, you know, a, a, a packed each other. Like, I don't give a fuck if I think it's something's the greatest beat in the world. If my man ain't fucking with it, it's out. It's, it's out. It ain't no question. And it was some dope beats left on the table. Yeah. Just either he was like, yo, that I like it, but I don't think it's going to fit. Or, yeah. nah, that ain't, that, ain't, that ain't the one for me. Like, I can tell you, Fonte has on his his little playlist thing he has a whole he was sliding beats left and right oh you ain't fucking with this one cool i slide it over here <laughs> you don't like this one either fuck it. i slide it over here yeah yeah and, and i would just put it to something else and so that compromise that no compromise uh mentality it really carried over just into even the way we were doing the record and doing the press for the record it was just certain shit we like yo we not doing like we, we don't want it if y'all want us to come up here and rap them 400 bars <laughs> we ain't doing that i shit. guess i ain't coming well i won't yeah. be there and that's yeah. fine it's no it's nothing personal it's just we for the first time i think we really just had to realign and these are things that you have no idea how to do when you're 20 fucking five right because you think that that's the way it goes right and like, it don't got to be the way it can, right. it can go the way you want it or to you go. feel that you have to do it yeah like i oh man i gotta do it because right. that's just that's just what you have to do. If this publication offers you an idea and says, go out to Times Square and talk to these people, you right. do it just because yeah. it's vibe. It's like, yeah. it's vibe. Yeah. I got to do yeah. it. Not, not in 2019. No. no. Yeah, right. <laughs> and also, <laughs> you, guys, you guys, you know, this is your thing. You don't have to answer to anyone else. Absolutely. Big change, you know. A big the, change. The, the, thing, the thing about it, the crazy thing about it is, even when you're 25, you may not, like, we didn't have the guidance, but even when you're 25... Still, I think we got too caught up in believing that we have to go to these different, like, yo, we got to be accepted by these different outlets or, like, we're not going to, like, it's direct to fan now. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to go through anybody. Yeah. You can go straight to the source. And I think the more people take control of their careers in that way, the better, you, those are the people that's performing the best. It's like, yo, I ain't got to. I ain't got yo. Shout out to Vince Staples, okay. I love <laughs> his attitude because his whole thing's like, yo, I'm gonna do this shit the way I want to do it, and you gonna fuck with me because you fuck with me, not because you seen me go do all this wild shit that I ain't want to do in the first place. And I see more young artists really taking control of their careers that way, and that's something that at 25 we didn't have the guy, we didn't have anybody 
any mentors at the time. There was no model. Us, yeah, there was, was no model, no model whatsoever. Right. And nobody said, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." No, nah, you ain't gotta do that. There shit was if no you model. Do there, it. I mean, shit. There was no Instagram. Right. There was no yeah. Twitter. No like, Twitter. No none yeah, of that shit. Like it was none it, of that. It was it was message boards or bus. Like you had MySpace. When MySpace came along, that was kind of a game changer because <laughs> you could go, you could put jams up in your playlist. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But that was really it. And so, uh, so yeah, man, it was. Um, it was just a learning process, and so when we came into this record and, and just even stepping into this world again, we had very clear conversations about, yo, what do you like, what don't you like, what are you willing to do, what are you not willing to do, and that just made for a much smoother process, and um, yeah, this is, the, this is the most time, this, I feel like for the first time in our 20 years of knowing each other, this is probably the first time me and Pooh actually became friends. Wow, you know I mean? that's a... That's- yeah. Sort of a earth shattering statement. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Yeah, nah, you just you just we talk. Yeah. <laughs> like now nah, before talk. we just work. We never yeah, we really, just work. We, yeah, people think as much time as we spent together, we were around together a lot, but it was just all work. It was tour, like, mixed. Like we had a brotherhood that was formed and bonded just because of all the things that we went through. But that was because of the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't because we got to know each other as people. Like right. that that probably didn't happen. This is over this the eight months we spent this past, you know, eight months, nine months we spent working on this record. This is the first time we ever really got to kick it just as as men and as friends. This is the first time we really ever got to do that. But within that, like Obviously, there were your low periods, but then, like, talk about some high points that you guys were able to share together. You were just like, oh, and you thought that that was friendship at that time. Man, that's a, that's a great question. They are all great um, questions. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, a great point. I think I remember, and, I, and, and this is the thing, I actually apologized to Pooh about this because I didn't, and he didn't even care. It was funny, but I thought about it. <laughs> I remember we were doing, I think it was before Minstrel Show it came out, and... He had a spread in Double XL. He got a write up in Double XL, and it was a picture of him. Like he had his hands out. Like it was, you know, it was rap pose. Shot. Yeah. yeah, straight yeah. up rap pose. Yeah. This is rap pose one on one, and um, all the way. <laughs> yo, for real. And this shit was dope. And he came and showed it to me. He's like, "Yo, Tay, check it out." And I was just like, "Okay, word. All right, cool." And I walked off. And I came back to him like years later. Like once we reconnect, I was like, "Man." And I could be totally off base. I just said, man, I, I thought in that moment, now I realized that you were like proud and you wanted to show me something. And I was kind of dismissive towards that. And it wasn't that I was dismissive towards what you were doing. I was happy for that. I was just thinking about this fucking record. You know what I mean? I, I was just like, you know, just the pressure of shit, man. This is our major label debut. Like, our real major label debut, not no chance, the yeah. rapper shit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Like, nigga, this is our real, true debut. How much marriage did you talk about in the record? <laughs> I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> that shit is great. I actually have, I have a project I started in Logic where I took the Ooh, I Love My Wife audio and put it over my actual wedding footage. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I may send that. Yeah, y'all. yeah, please, like, please. I, I, I'll get it. You got the group text. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the group yeah, yeah, text, yeah, yeah. dude. So, but yeah, man, that was that was it. And and you know, at that time, I was just I was just so into thinking, like, man, this is our first major label debut. Like, I can't fuck this up. And uh, I, I think one of the big mistakes I made that I learned, and that I think we corrected in a big way on this record, was that I learned that I didn't have to carry everything. Like, we carried each other. And um, you know, for well, during menstrual show and just during that time, I I know I personally took on a lot of stress that I probably didn't have to, and all I had to do was just ask. But in that 
at back then my thought was just we got a lot riding on this and i can't let these people down so um we spoke a little bit about this when we had you on our solo podcast but reef um who signed you guys yeah. bounced well, too <laughs> he dead in the middle he got <laughs> the hell out of there shit it wouldn't need in the middle it was, <laughs> yeah. before the shit came out yeah, yeah. Boy, this nigga got boxes up. Like, <laughs> damn, reef, like what? I, I always remember this is be a, this is burnt in my memory forever we're going up to Atlantic for a meeting, and we're checking in, and we see Rob Tulo come in the building behind us, and he has to check in. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, no, I'm going with them guys. I got a meeting with them. He's like, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I'm, meeting no this with, I'm meeting this with you. <laughs> and you checking in with us. <laughs> Dude, yo, I like motherfucker. How you our plus one, like, <laughs> dude? But I mean, shout out to Reef. No, no, of course. No, no, nah, nah, he, he was he's good, good dude. I mean, his his situ his employment situation has shit to do with us, right? Yeah. But I mean, because he's still pseudo A and R, got the A and R the record. Yeah. That was yeah. his, that was his parting gift for but, Atlantic. Yeah. Shit. Like, <laughs> right, right. And the thing was, and I will say, man, I mean, that time during Atlantic, I learned, you know, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the best time. I mean, I can't say anything bad about the label because at the end of the day, I mean, they let us make the record that we wanted to make. It came out when we wanted to come out. Come out and we and it was exactly what it we was a target up it in was, Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bro. So I, but I remember Reef, you know, and he gave us some advice, and I, I never forget. And sitting in his office, looking at all the fucking boxes. He was just like, man, I, I love this record. He said, I think it's great. I think you guys are just, you know, talented, just you know, everything. He said, but man, you're going to have to watch getting the stigma of being haters. And the the example he gave was Daylight. Right. He was like, stakes is high. He's like, you know, we are. And we were just like, yeah, Daylight, nigga, that's the record. <laughs> that's my favorite. And he was like, yeah. He said, I love that record too. He said, but with that record they got a stigma of being like kind of old and crotchety guys that it took them a, a while to shake you know what i mean and by the way you're young guys at that point yeah like yeah. so we weren't even old to be like we, that we, kind of we, we ended up being the opposite of it's like <laughs> you young motherfuckers just got here and you're telling us what you don't like and how some <laughs> shit is fucked up right who gives you the right? That's yeah. that's what we got. And then we did miserable, and then Nas made Hip Hop Is Dead. Right. I think like a couple months. Yeah, we later. was like, yo, but y'all y'all crazy, <laughs> but that's Nas. So was, was we that. hit it first? Was we? <laughs> 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 I hit it, I hit it, I hit it. Shout out to the God Ray Nathan J. <laughs> <laughs> was 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 Reef right? <laughs> was what was was a, was Reef right? I think he was right in a lot of ways. Yes. I think he was he was definitely right. I think, you know, and and I can tell you exactly the moment when I realized he was right. I think he was I realized he was he was right when Bun B did an interview on all hip hop and he was saying, Yeah, he was just talking about hip hop in the game or whatever, and he was like, Yeah, you know, like this group, you know, little brother, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I love them, but the minstrel show, I mean, are they talking about me? I like the rock chains. I mean, what what does that mean? And I would never get reading that shit, and like, just my heart just went in my stomach. So I was like, "Oh my god, he, Bun he saw it." B. <laughs> yeah, Bun, he, yeah, A yeah. Reef saw yeah. it, yeah. and B Bun B thinks I dissed him, and what I had to immediately, I immediately <laughs> hit Paul Wall. We were label mates at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I said, "Paul Wall, I need Bun B's number." He said, "Give me a second. Let me let him know first. Bun B called me straight from the dentist's office. 
with gauze in his mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna call you back. Cool. And he and he called me back, and I had probably one of the realest conversations with Bum B, just you know, on the game in general, and just explaining to him like, nah, that's not what we meant, like whatever. And it was just it ended up being like one of the realest conversations that I ever had wow. with anybody in the industry, and there's things that stuck with me like to this day, like just the way. Cause his whole thing was like, "Yo, I'm here to pass game down to from the Jeezys to the little brothers." And he's like, always it been matter. That, always been there. always been that way. Always been there. Pick up the phone, you see him, whatever. And so, shout out to Bun B. Now he's yeah, the mayor. Yeah, Bun yeah. is the mayor. He's, yeah. the, he's the mayor of hip hop. Yeah, like up, straight up and down. That game he gave me on that conversation where I was thought he's about to cuss me the fuck out. Like <laughs> was, <laughs> was like one of the realest ever. So definitely shout out to. And Bun that was B. so. And that was just one of those moments where it was just so. It was disappointing. From I, I felt disappointed in myself again because I'm just taking all this shit like personally and you know and, and that was just the moment I had the thought of like did we take it. Not to take it too far, but did we, could we have done a better job of saying what we want to say? Because our whole thing was, listen, I don't have nothing against if you wear chains or you uh, talking about I'm a pimp or whatever. Just rap fucking good. If you can rap good, that's, that's all we're here to say. Like, just don't be out here. Just, you know, have some pride in the craft. Like, because at the time, again, I mean, this is ringtone Shit. So this is chain hang low. Yeah. Walk it out. Yeah. Walk yeah. it out and down. Soldier Boy, all that. All yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. all that shit. And I mean, those records were what they were, but that was definitely one of those times where I thought, like, damn. I mean, if we would have called the record, made the same album, but if we would have called it straight out of NC or some shit, right? Would it have been something else? Would it have been received in a different way? And that's that's the first time I learned that people. Fuck listening to your record. <laughs> They're going to look at that title, and when they find out what the title means or what you meant by the title, they're going to run with that. Because if they listen to the record, everybody, before they heard a note, yo, or they saw the title, saw what we was talking about, listened to the record and was mad because, like, yo, y'all ain't calling out no names. Y'all ain't dissing. It's like, that that's not what, what we, about. Yeah. we wanted to show y'all what we felt good hip-hop could be or what good hip-hop is. And it was just so misleading. You had to do too much explaining, and and it just yeah, yeah it became you, just, you, like, you can't explain it. to everybody. It's, it's you just yeah. can't do it. And well, and I think too also that speaks to some limitations of the art. I mean, because you know I've never said whenever people say that, you know, um, oh the, the I, when they make a song, it's like oh I don't know if the audience will get this. My belief is not having faith in the art, or not having faith in the audience is really not having faith in the art. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it has nothing to do. You're putting you're putting your insecurity in your art. You're pushing that off on the audience and seeming, oh, they won't get it. They no, they get it. They know immediately whether some shit is good or not. They can't. And even if some shit, you know, some bullshit might fly every now and again, the audience can smell a lie. You know, it, it may not smell it till later on, but it always gets found out. So that was my thought of that. The minstrel show of the record. I was like, well, man there could have been a better less heavy-handed way that we could have addressed this and um if so, yeah. only if only there was a genius.com back then <laughs> if, if only yeah. if only if only rob markman could have walked out of 10th grade <laughs> yeah dude but no, but that was it so yeah that was that was one of the moments where i was like fuck reef had a point and you know talking to bun and and later i had a conversation with bun on my own and just kind of explain to him like yo man like Dude, you bun fucking B. Like, do you understand? Like, 
I could never diss you. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, we grew Pocket up on full your of shit. Stones. Yeah, yeah. Chopping like, blades. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, like we was on that. Like, yeah. man, hell no. Nah. We ain't talking about you. You can fucking rhyme. You one of the illest. I like your chains. They're fine. <laughs> right, yeah, right. right. They're, you're fine. All of them. They're real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. So, it, but it, but all that is is learning experience, and um, and we were very uh, very clear about this time around. Making sure that not to um, diss Bunby, <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. not yeah. to diss Bunby. So we've we've always thought of ourselves. We we try to like uh, whatever we do, like live our lives uh, like like Steve Jobs would at Apple, right? Where it's okay. like where it's like genius. You everything. pay yourself no, a yeah, dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, where where it's where it's like um, where you're a fucking lunatic. I yeah. <laughs> where it's where it's I know something that I want to do and it's not going to be like beta tested. I'm not going to like ask for everyone else's opinion. This is what the people want. So we sort of, we put our art out there and hopefully people like it and it catches on. You guys with this, it sounds like whatever pleased you guys, that was the bar, right? Like whatever you're happy with, we're not putting it out there and saying like, well, what do they think of this like single here? Or like, let's just drop this or, but you did come up, in the okay player days where people could be like ruthless and put their comments out there. And that's one thing. Now Twitter gives everyone an opinion and they can tell you whatever they want as much as they want over and over again. How do you avoid what people can say or think or whatever? You can't, you can't avoid it. So you just gotta have faith in your, with your, your art. And at the end of the day, it's like, Cause I used to get it the worst, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> People just trash the shit out of me. But it's at the end of the day, I had to realize, like, man, fuck that. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna get to, it's gonna touch who it's supposed to touch. Um, in particular, with this record, wouldn't I'm not listening to no armchair A and R's. Like, you don't even know what you want half the time. So we're just gonna make the best music that we can make. And it's going to resonate with who it's supposed to resonate. Yeah, and with. we saw that, like that, like you know, I was joking on Twitter, but I mean, I was serious. Like we, so the day the record came out, we had shot the video for Black Magic earlier that day. We shot on a Monday, and so then we shot during the day, and then that night, we just went back uh, to this hotel in Durham, unscripted, and we were just sitting around with a bunch of our homies. We had a couple of drinks, whatever, and the record came out, and we were literally watching all the responses come real in time. in real time, and that is that was the greatest record release party I've ever been to in my life. Like, it was just... It we was literally something. sat there to about 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up, everybody just started leaving one by one. It was just me and Tay in the lobby at a hotel that we weren't staying at. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's be clear about that. Right. <laughs> they had shut the lights off at the bar. Like, it, like, we're literally sitting in the lobby just on Twitter and Instagram. Just reading reactions. And I don't think that can ever, I don't think that has ever been able to happen in any other point in time other than now. Even with the OK Player days, with the message board days, message boards had, they had an ebb and flow. Like most people posted during the day while they was at work. So after like five, six o'clock. <laughs> it's quiet. It's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Twitter is 24 goddamn seven. It's all, it's worldwide. It's everyone. So it was so crazy just to see the responses come in. And, you know, to, to, to answer your question, you know, how do you avoid that? I think the way you avoid that is just show up and do the work. So we were very clear about we didn't roll this album out. You know what I mean? And and even we had a couple of reviewers that were thankful. They expressed like, yo, we so refreshing the way you guys did it. It wasn't a bunch of 
Yo, in the studio with my man. <laughs> it wasn't a bunch of IG stories. Yo, and a bunch to of... put your name here. Lyrics that came in. Right. Vocals came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was none of that. It was like we worked on this record really in in seclusion. It was even it was even cats on the record that didn't know they was on the record until the shit came out because we didn't even tell them. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So that was a big part of it of just saying you know what we got to keep this to ourselves hone it refine it and get it right and then once it's ready then we put it out and who'd you play it for i played it for I, the, who was the first person i played for i think the first person that heard it on my end well obviously my wife because i mean she lives yeah she, yeah she heard a lot of this shit. <laughs> um but she even some of the <laughs> dude even but even <laughs> some of the shit like when the skits and stuff got added she she's like when the hell when did y'all do that when did you? <laughs> so it was even catching her by surprise but um, we played. I played it for her. I played it. Uh, my man's Big Milk is gonna be our, our road manager. I played it for uh, Dunny. I Dunny. think Sean Don. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was one of the first people to hear it. Um, yeah, it, we just played it just for different people in different stages, and everybody had the same reactions at different points. Like when Darian Brockington, who's a singer that we've worked with, you know, a lot over the years. When he his voice comes in singing on right on time, I was playing it for my homie Tobe that we all went to school together. He literally jumped up out of his chair and hugged me and was like, dude, you got Darian back. Oh my God. I can't believe this shit. You know, it was That's real awesome. emotion. You That's know awesome. what I mean? Yeah. And so those things like that, like when you know that you got those beats right, that was the kind of the confirmation. Cause you all artists are insecure. It's like, I know, I feel it, I know we got something, but I still need Do we to got something? <laughs> let me let me play it for my man. Like, yo, am I is this shit really as good as I think it is? Or yeah. am I am I bugging? And so you kind of need that that confirmation. But yeah, that was that was the way we did it. Hey guys, just want to interrupt once more to tell you that it's my turn now to sell the not for real for real t-shirts. Good luck. Okay. So it's thereal.com slash shop is where you can go to find all of our merch. But in particular, there is a white t-shirt with a blue design on the front. A few years ago, our guy Two Chains, the the, our r- guy. the rapper that we hold in such reverence. He's not like our cousin. His career is is just a shining example of what you can do, quote unquote, late in rapper life. By he the is, way, I, I feel very uncomfortable calling him our guy. He I don't think he would know us if he like picked us out of a lineup of like anybody. Jeff. Like, he could look at us and just be like, he added us on Twitter. That is true. He said, not for real, for real. He and since that point, guy. we have been, we have been running with this. Our guy. We say this at the end of every episode, not for real, for real. When I bump up a tweet, I say, not for real, for real. People like it. People say that they wanted not for real, for real on a t-shirt. I made the It's the Real Roadrunners t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Not for real, for real on the front. On the back, it says, it's the real. Mm-hmm. Indie streets. Do you think that our guy Two Chains is gonna buy one? <laughs> if you guys fuck with Two Chains, if you guys fuck with me, and if you guys tolerate Jeff, mm-hmm. go to itstherealcom right now and pick up one of those shirts. Yeah, don't do it just for us. Do it for our guy Two Chains. There you go. And now back to the podcast. Whose decision was it to kill Percy Miracles? That would be me. <laughs> that would be me. Um, were you on board? Yeah, I didn't care. <laughs> Somebody had to go. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing was with, with Percy. Yeah, it was a thing where, you know, we were just talking about how the whole idea was just that, you know, if if we're looking at it, just the fictional characters we have in the LB universe and just in our lives, 
Um, you know, if it's been 15 years since we've done this, and now we're coming back together. So what is it that generally being, brings people back together after a long time? Generally, it's a death. So um, in the fictional universe, well, in the real world, it was Fife's death that brought me and Pooh back together and got us talking again. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Fife died. And um, at that time, you know, me and Pooh, we stopped talking around like 2011, I want to say. I think we just, we were just, we just had like, a few business things a we couple had to bit, do. Yeah. So we were just it we was got strictly, like a couple sinks or some yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, it was strictly email. Here's a check for twelve thousand yeah. dollars, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. that's all it was. Take this fucking ass check. <laughs> take, take your check. Get the fuck out of my email. My inbox. And chow. Cheers. Yeah, we had like little shit. No, straight up. Yeah. And that's like that. and that's like it was so. I I go back and read email. It was like so formal. Like it was just Fonte. Yeah. <laughs> Here is a like and it was that <laughs> counting so, your words. Yeah. So when when Fife passed, like I was literally sitting in my house and I had just seen Fife like a, like two months earlier or something like that. And I had just talked to him even more recently because we have we had did a song to get like I had did a verse for him and he was he was telling me he was like, yo, the song's still coming out, we're working on it now, whatever. And I was like, Cool, cool, just let me know what you need from me. And so when I saw the news, like it just it, it caught me by surprise. It hit me. And so I just, I was like, you know, I was just sitting there for a minute and I was just in shock. Like, damn, I really just saw him talk to Fife. So I just texted Tay at that moment. It was like, look, man, we ain't got to talk again. Yeah. Just want to let you know I love you. And that's that. <laughs> like, it that was, was really short and to the point. Yeah. And he ended up texting me back. It was like, yo, I love you too. And then he texted me like later that night. It was like, yo, in the next couple of days, let's get on the phone. And we ended up getting on the phone and probably talked for about them four hours. Wow. Yeah, just yeah, cleaning up a lot of shit. And that and before and the thing was even before he had texted me, um, Fife died and at the time I was working on I think I was working on a foreign exchange project at the time. But anyway, I remember uh Carmen Rogers who sings with us in our band. She's uh she was she was at the house and we were working on Effie stuff. And I remember he died and it just I was super sad. And, you know, we were in the middle of a session. She was just like, well, finally, like, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Like, what's up? And I was just like, yo, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about poo. Like, because I think the thing was, you know, I mean, we had always experienced death and we had, you know, you see celebrities die and all these things. But for me, Fife was a death that it really felt like he was ours. Like we lost one of our own. And it was like, holy fuck. You know what I mean? And so it was, it was really, it was, it was, it was hard. And like, and it was one of those things where like you, you never could, it was so crazy. So the moment that broke me, we were, we were recording and I was just, and I saw it and I heard the news and I was like, damn, like five is gone. Like, that's crazy. And so all these years I've seen this picture in the low end theory booklet and never thought anything about it. The picture of him in the North Carolina hat and the jersey and the, the, the sweatshirt, dude, I lost it because I was like, that is, I mean, that is little brother. Like we were, you know, the fruits of that tree and to see him rocking the North Carolina, you know what I mean? Like I was like, holy shit, you know what I mean? And so I was just, I was just she was like, well, fine, you call? I'm like, yo, I just, I'm thinking about poo. She's like, well, you want to talk about it? You want to reach out to him? I was like. Yeah, I'll probably reach out to him, but, you know, let's just get this work done. I was trying to just kind of divert or whatever. And, and but then he, he reached out. And so we ended up talking. Were you relieved that he reached out first? Um, 
I was, I, yeah, but yeah, I was relieved. Not in the sense that I was scared to reach out first, but it was. Re- I was relieved to know that he was on the same page. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that way, I was like, all right, I know it ain't just a one-sided thing. And so, um, so we did that, and uh, we talked and everything. So it was Fife's death that kind of brought us back together. So then, as humans, as human beings, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So then, in the fictional world, it's like, okay, a death has to happen to bring these people back together in this universe, and so. Originally, my thought was like, okay, we, maybe we kill Roy Lee. But I was like, nah, Roy Lee, that's not, they ain't got enough weight on it. And then it was like, that's it. We got to kill Percy. Percy's got to die. Like, that, he's the one that's got to bring everybody back. Right. And so in constructing the album, um, you know, the thought was with all the skits and everything. And, and this was something that I just learned just kind of in my TV work and kind of working in that world. Um, you can have jokes in your sitcom or in your piece or whatever. You can have all these bits but the bits have to move the narrative forward. They can't just be jokes for jokes sake. You, you gotta hang them on something real. And so- um, What were some jokes that like did not work for, for the project? Jokes that did not work. Um, I think it was one joke, it was one bit we had that, um, it was one bit I had that was like, you know, I think I was gonna holler at Joe. I was gonna holler at Joe Button to be like the host for the funeral and it's like, Day two at Percy's funeral, and uh, I think the Yin Yang twins are about to perform. Like it was just, you know, just kind of skewing just the black funerals that run fucking forever. And um, you know, but but I, I mean, I liked it, but I was like, I think we don't need to add it. And um, you know, so that was the start. And so it really just kind of got me thinking. It was it was so wild to see, bro, how all the shit started becoming real. So in the middle of the record, we were recording. We recording. It's the last song on the record, but it's not the song. That, it's not the last song we recorded. We were recording uh, the work, song "Work Through, through Me," me. Yeah. and the night we were doing vocals for that record, that was when Nipsey got killed. Mm. And so, we're recording this song. That's like the spirit's on, like "Work Through Me, Lord," and I'm seeing this shit. Like, fuck, he got killed, you know. And um, so, the the thought for me, like I remember <laughs> years ago, someone was on Twitter and they were saying like it was when Whitney Houston had died and. Since I'm gonna make a joke and they said, yo, y'all gonna fuck around and Live Nation about to start charging y'all to come to these goddamn funerals with all these black celebrities. And I laughed at it, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? And, yeah. and so it was just one of those things that hit home, like seeing, you know, when Nipsey died and seeing, you know, people selling t-shirts outside of was like, motherfucker, are you serious? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So it was just a thing of like, you know, the way black death is is you know, is 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 commodified. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, um, so so those are just kind of. And then the you literally had ahead. Peter on the sk- on the skit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was just. Yeah. Yeah. Room yeah. Self, <laughs> yeah, like that was. And he played that so good. Shout out to Phil. Shout out yeah. to Rosenberg. That's my man. But uh, but yeah. So those are kind of all the things running through just my mind. How much together. direction did you give Peter? Um, I gave it to him. So the first time he, I, when I sent him, I, I wrote out the script. I wrote out the the whole bit. And sent it to him, and I was like, "Look, this is the bit, but you know, feel free to ad lib, riff, whatever you want." And um, <laughs> the funniest shit is an outtake. I'll send it to y'all. But <laughs> the in the original take, his greeting was "Good evening, blacks." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how the skit was gonna open. <laughs> Good evening, blacks. <laughs> this is you being president. <laughs> so, but he did. So he did a run through, and then there's this aside. He says, "Like, all right, Tay." He's like, yeah, that Good Evening Blacks line is funny as hell, but I didn't say it because I'm using my real name, and I knew if I did right. it, someone yeah. would hear it and be like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I, knew it. I was like, 
fuck, I want to use this. But, you know, I'm not, I ain't going to throw a man on the bus like that. Nigga. But you just threw him under the bus. Yeah, I mean, now, this is the behind the scenes footage. Everyone knows now. But, but yeah, that was the thing. So I was like, okay, I can't use that. But um, his first take, his first take he did it, he was, he was playing it up. Like, he was playing it up, like, almost like a wrestling announcer. And yeah. Shit. Mm. He was playing it really big. And so I just hit him. I said, yo, this is good. I said, but, man, this is really somber. Like, you have to play this. Like, this is some presidential. Yeah. Like, the nation is under attack. Like, you really, like, you really got to sell it. And he was like, okay, cool. I said, but when it gets to the point where the tickets are being sold, <laughs> that's when yeah. we, that's when you go mean Gene Oakland right there. You know what By I mean? the way, his tone might be correct because these current times we're in, I don't, you know. Yeah. Can't tell the difference. Yeah. Dude, you really can't. So that, that tone was so on point. It was just like. And we're gonna miss Percy. What tickets are on sale for sixty nine ninety So yeah, so all those things were, were super fun, like putting him back in that space, and you know that that was that was that was super fun, just working with all those people again. So after um, after you guys reconcile as humans, okay, why didn't you reconnect as artists in the time? Because again, you're not just having strangers hitting you up saying like, hey. Like, it's time to get back together and get in the studio and give us more art. You're also hearing from, I'm sure, friends and family who are just like, well, if you guys are talking, like... Um, yeah. I know for me, I I mean, we talked about this. I just think the the thing about Little Brother is it's, it's a weight, right? <laughs> so yeah. whenever people think... W-E-I-G-H-T. There you yes. go. Not mm. just W-A-I-T. Yeah. Yeah. When, yep. Whenever people think of Little Brother... Every it's like nothing else exists that we're doing. Like everything else goes to the fuck that foreign exchange shit. Fuck rapper people, the solo artists. Fuck, fuck your wife and kids. Yeah, fuck right. all that yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. With this little brother album coming. So for us, our thing was one to work on our relationship, our, our personal relationship, and then two. Even though we both was like, "Yo, man, you need me for anything? Holla at me." Obviously, we both put we out work. We couldn't even do that. We yeah. couldn't do it because yeah. we knew all it would go to is, oh, yeah, yeah, that verse is shit cool, but when we going to get this Little Brother album? Yeah. It, it, it was no space to do that. So we just, even though we left the door open to do, like, you know, if you need me for a record or vice versa, just let me know. We both thought better of that. Like, yeah, it was like, dude, we can't. And that was a big part of just even kind of reopening the door and reopening the brand again. It's just like, dude. I just want to be able to do a record with my homie and it not be this big thing. You know what I mean? And and, and we can do that now. You know what I'm saying? And it was a big thing, though. Well, yeah. yeah well, I mean, for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, now that we've done the actual album, now, next month, if me and him just want to put out a Lucy or some shit, yeah. you, we can do it without the thing. Of, but there's that pressure of this is the thing. Right. 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 Which is like why Outkast will not do anything because it's like, oh my God, Outkast is back. Right. And then there's all that pressure put on I'll Outkast put it on being the back. Sure, yeah. 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 And, and so then I, you're just going to have Dre, he going to switch from the flute to the bassoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a bassoonist now. Yo, he's killing that bassoon. Yeah. Though. <laughs> killing it. So, but yeah, I think for, for me, that's in terms of why we didn't jump right back into it, it was, um, yeah, it was wild, man. I think I was reading, um, I used to watch Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. and I I backed out of it because I was like, fuck this show. But I was reading that there's a scene in it where the daughter is reunited with her mom after they've been separated for a while. Spoiler alert. <laughs> fuck a spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 Shots, nigga. So 
there's a scene where like a daughter and, and mom are reunited and it's kind of icy and so i was reading um uh, some notes from the director they gave an interview and they said they based that scene based on interviews with people from the un how when they would like you know they were working like with people in these war-torn countries and when there would be these reunions when they would get people and you know get families reunited how it never is the way people think it is it's never just this oh this tearful oh i'm so glad you're back like that should be icy because there's feelings of you know why didn't you come back for me yeah. like why does it like it that shit just don't lock right in yeah and I, and I thought that was fascinating i was like wow like that's that's so real so i think for me you know keeping that in mind whenever you're apart from someone for so long you have to allow space for them to still be the person they became in your absence mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like you can't it's like it's like if your pops leave your family and 15 years later he want to come back to the family cool you can come back to the family as long as you understand you're coming back to a different family right it the family you left is not the family you're coming back to and as long as you understand that there's chance that we can figure out how to work together in this space but you come up in this bitch talking about, okay kids be home by midnight nigga get the fuck out of here you know what i'm saying so for me it was important for me and Pooh. why i don't think we jump right into it um i just wanted to allow him that space to just show him to kind of um correct mistakes i made in the past like with the double xl just kind of you know yeah being kind of dismissive to really just show him like yo i respect what you built away from me and i'm not just gonna come back in your life all right nigga, that shit was cool what's up with this lb shit? you know i'm here as your friend and as your brother to serve you in this way if you need me you know what i mean mm -hmm. that, that was a big part for me so obviously uh the little brother reunion was a big deal for so many people across the world um how about a gimme reunion <laughs> oh <laughs> Ooh. call back <laughs> wow dude i actually have i gotta sing y'all them records man yeah, please, I, please i gotta do yeah. don't um, burn my yeah. cd on the <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah <laughs> I still got the records i gotta sing y'all some yeah give me for the for the people listening at home so no, no, everybody knows yeah oh man yeah, yeah. me poo ninth and shondon and well no it was just me Pooh, and Sean. we yeah, were the group yeah me Pooh, and Sean, our original group and ninth and uh yorel yorel did, did, did a couple back yeah. couple tracks um yeah god, that was like our first I shit. murder many MCs. god i murdered many mcs yeah. this is like peak fuck it dude <laughs> we just knew we were gonna be on the lyricist lounge <laughs> yeah. volume two soundtrack. we knew it you just you couldn't tell us shit you still might be yeah, <laughs> yeah. man listen so but yeah i, I gotta see that was a crazy time i just i remember i remember certain things from different periods and I just remember we was recording. First of all, the way we was recording that shit was just just crazy. Uh, we were all three in the studio together with different mics lined up, like at the same time, like, like, like Motown, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, Mo up. like Motown. That was one. And then two, whenever somebody fucked up, like, and this is like no lie, this is how I learned how to do things in one take. Like, I mean, I don't stress doing that, but when I used to. When you fucked up, you had to get down and do ten push-ups. <laughs> yeah, that was our thing. Was like our if thing. you Who couldn't make it, with that rule, if you couldn't make it through the tape, drop down, give me ten. <laughs> <laughs> like 
And, and, and so you were doing I, one take just so you didn't know. Matt, after that first, after that first, after that second set, <laughs> fuck that. I'm getting this right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going back I down totally for a third. About that. I remember, like, we did I that. remember I that remember. shit, and I was like, "Yo, how the fuck am I supposed to get up here and wrap my damn arms sore? I'm out of breath and shit." But I, just, I remember that from that time. Like the, making the music was fun because we were just clowning. But I just remember that shit, and I was like, "Yo, we were." Bucket, yeah, like, <laughs> all the way. Yo, <laughs> which sociopath came up with that? <laughs> yeah. It probably was. It probably was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, because I was still in playing football. And why? I stopped. Yeah, I was stop. fresh stop. off of football. Yeah, fresh off. Because I came to college, I was playing football like my yeah. first two years. Sean like, Don weighed like a hundred five pounds, soaking oh, wet. I mean, yo, he <laughs> and all looked, of a sudden you're doing two a day, and, and I yeah. gained. Yeah. I gained the freshman, yeah. freshman twenty five, <laughs> not fifteen, twenty five. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that we were doing push-ups. I remember <laughs> that shit. Yeah, that, I'm sure that was that was probably me. That was probably me. Damn. Because I was doing push-ups anyway, but I was like, nah, they, they going to with me. Yo, Kendrick said you were such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea. Motherfucker, you could have been doing diamond push-ups in the TDE offices. So what did being friends like do to the creation of actual music? Um, I, I think for me, it just, uh, it made room, it made room so that the songs sound more like conversations rather than monologues. You know, um, it's not just, okay, my verse, hook, your verse, hook, whatever, you know. Um, I wanted us, I wanted the music to reflect where we were in our lives. And, you know, this is the first time, like I said, in all the years we've known each other where we've really been able to have just conversation with each other and just talk about ideas and you know, so where are you at in your life right now? What are you looking to do? Like, what do you like? What shows you on right now? Like, you know, just have those kind of things. And I wanted the music to sound like that. And so um, and I think I think for me, this is the energy, like we were talking about earlier, the energy just at the end was so bad. Like, it was just, and you can hear it. Well, I can hear that shit in the music. And I know some people can hear it in the music. But for me, my focus what ended up being, I just want this record to sound like we're in a great place. Like I want the energy, like you can feel how good of a place we're in when you hear this record. And that was important to me. It's like, I know we gonna be on, I know the music gonna be on point. That's, that's whatever. We can do that shit with our eyes closed, but I wanted it to feel good. And the only way you can do that is to really actually feel good and, and be in the same space together. And so every record, every song, we wrote together like we would edit each other's shit like we were it was again just kind of what we were talking earlier just having the respect of being nervous for your audience like how that's a sign of respect for me you know in the past it was just i write my verse spit it da, 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 walk out the booth i know i killed that this time every verse i wrote i'm running it by him like yo what you think how can we tighten this up what can be better so nothing personal Absolutely, but everything personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his, yeah. same thing with him. His verses, you know. I'm like, yo, yeah, that's I got, dope. I got a couple. I got a couple edits on there, and I told him, I because I, I said, yo, it's crazy. The first time he he went to edit me, part of me was like, nigga, I've been doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I had to think about it, and so after I did the edit, and then I did it, and I sat back and thought, I was like, damn, that did make better sense. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it was mm -hmm. like. Yo, I actually put my ego to the to the side so I can be better. Yeah. You know, sound better. Yeah. And and so for me that was like a big like like stepping point for me. It was like, yo, you allowed that to happen and it was no issue. It was no problem. It was where in the in the beginning it like when we first was doing Little Brother, I would have just did it anyway. 
But at this point, because I have done so much on my own, it's hard for motherfuckers. It's hard. Yeah, tell, like, what you yeah. tell me? What you know what I done did? Yeah, it's, you can get in your head like that. Right. It's hard to go back up. to like your college dorm room, you know? Straight yeah. up. Straight yeah, up. Real, real talk. And so just being able to do that, that's when I knew I was like, okay, we we on the we on a different path here. Mm-hmm. A truly different path. And and that's how we just continued to go. Like, yo, what you think of this? Yo, you you, you good with that? Should I come in? Should I do this like this? And and we just started having that that dialogue and next thing you know, we had a whole fucking record. And do you guys ever think of legacy? Do you ever consider like what your body of work means and will mean? I think I do now. Um I think one of the biggest takeaways for me, one of the biggest compliments I received, um, it was I was I was reading something like Rory uh, from uh, Joe, Joe. Yeah, Spock shout out to Rory. Yeah, uh, shout out to homie Rory, man. He's been rocking with us for a long time, and he had wrote something. I think he had tweeted or maybe he said on the show. I can't remember, but he said something to the effect of like, you know, I was 15 when I got the last Little Brother record, and now I'm 30, and these records are speaking to me in a different way than they were back then. And that's something that I've seen a lot of people say, you know what I mean? Um, I've seen a lot of people say like these records, yeah, I liked them when I was young. I thought they was cool. Or, you know, maybe I just, I wasn't that big on when I was young, but now they're speaking to me in a different way. And um, that to me is something that I, I, it was really humbling because I always wanted to make records that whether it was solo, it was little brother, Effie, whatever, I always want to make records that people could settle into rather than grow out of. You know, you don't want to be that guy that makes that records like, oh, I love this when I was 12, but what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck was I thinking when I was 12? We was listening to this shit, you know what I mean? But um, the, the big feedback I've been seeing is that the fans are telling us that we made a record that meets them where they are. And to me, that's just the greatest thing. That's like the greatest gift, I think, that you get that you could hope to receive as an artist is to know that your stuff is resonating on a level and it's speaking to people directly. And um, when I think of legacy, that's what it comes down to for me, that we made records that people were able to live with and grow into and um, settle into more as they grow older. Yeah. Um, I just think of like, my always just when people are like, what, what you think your legacy, you know, what you want your legacy to be? And I used to always say, I used to say, uh, I just want people to know we did dope shit. <laughs> like we made dope ass music, but even just making this record and it, it turned into our legacy being, even though we took that time apart, we came back together and we got it right. Like it was right, then it got off somewhere, and then we came back and we got it right. Yeah, and we showed that even though we took that time apart, when we came back to get it right, we got it right for real. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't a oh we back for the bag. I am back for the bag. Just for the record. Just for the record. Bags on deck. But like it was more it meant more to me. It meant legacy. It meant our friendship. It meant our brotherhood. Like it meant all of those things. Because the thing about even just what you were saying, like with the back, even with that, people didn't understand, man, we could have cashed in on this shit a long Long time. When we stopped talking, it was so many people like, yo. We want y'all to do this festival. We want to do this. And it was just like there was damn near no amount of money. It was just like, yo, I'm not fucking with this shit. Just fuck it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even with that, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's the money is a byproduct. I mean, yeah, it's things you, you'll capitalize on things. But if your heart ain't in it and you really don't want to do it, that shit is not going to last. Like yeah. you can, there's no way 
you just can't fake. It's just like a marriage. Like, you can't fake that shit but for so long. It ain't for so long you're going to stay together for the kids. Yeah, yeah. After a while, it's just like, all right, kids. <laughs> you motherfuckers just got to learn this hard lesson. Sometimes shit don't work out. Because I can't be with this bitch no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can't fake that shit. It, no, the money, dog, that shit does not it matter. Don't matter. Yeah, it I, don't I matter. I used to tell people when I did interviews and they would ask, they'd be like, yo, little brother, reunion, what's, what's up? And this is before we were even talking. And I was like, you know what? I said, the crazy thing is, we can do a show today, and it'll be whatever. We can go make music today, and it'll be whatever. But it's not going to be what you want. Be what y'all you want. know why? Why? Because we don't fucking like each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, bottom line. And that was, that was always the magic of Little Brothers. Like, yes, we're talented at what we do, but the magic has always been that we actually like each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I remember yeah. doing the, I remember we had uh in one of the in one of the never aired uh episodes of Quest Love Supreme. Yeah. We had like a we did like a three, four hour interview with Dave, with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And so <laughs> one of my, my driving themes of, of working on this record, one of the things in my mind was like, I never want to make a mustache Dave Chappelle special. So <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I asked him about it, and I was, you know, referring to like, because he did, you know, the killing him softly, which mm-hmm. like went off, and then he did like, you know, Chappelle show happens and that shit goes bonkers. But then he had that Showtime special mm-hmm. where you know he had the mustache. I always call mustache, <laughs> and the energy of that shit was just off. I mean, it had some parts that were really funny, but and I remember asking him about it, and he just said, "Man," he said, "You know," he said, well, "It was funny that you pick up on that." He said, but yeah, man, the energy wasn't right. He said, mm-hmm. I just, like, my love wasn't there for it. He said, I was just. There for the back. Miserable. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was just, he was like, yo, man. I, he said, you know, it's funny you picked up on it. He said, but nah, man, it wasn't no love in that. Yeah. You know, and I, and so that was the thing. I was like, we can't make the mustache Dave Chappelle album. Dave, <laughs> Dave had to come back and get that bag he left on the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he got it the right way. Yeah, he like, did. He, yeah, he did. Shout out to Dave. Guys, um, sincerely, congratulations. Not just on on your art not just on like you know your legacy but but sincere congratulations on on getting back together and being friends and creating this this new chapter of your life where you guys really connect on another level because that helps everything um and congratulations on putting together a project that is so good that we are eager to bootleg it and send it to common yes. right after this <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real. Jeff, people want to find out more about us. I'm Eric. You're Jeff. Together, we are It's The Real. No apostrophe. No spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on with us, about our teacher, about our tour, about anything going on with It's The Real, Jeff, where? Can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. You can find all of our merch there. You can find our newsletter there. You can also go to youtube.com slash itsthereal. We will be putting up videos of every podcast, hopefully, moving forward. Okay. I only say that because it's taking me so long to even make one. But, but... YouTube.com slash It's The Real for all video stuff. It's The Real. Social media, we're Twitter at It's The Real. Instagram at It's The Real. Facebook, that's right. Facebook. Facebook, Facebook, Vladimir Putin's own. (laughs) It's The Real on there. Okay. 
If you want to stream any of our stuff, it's on streaming platforms. Every single one, including the one that you're listening to right now. Just search it's the real. Just search it's the real. It's, it's very not simple. that hard. It's very simple. Although some people make it very hard. All right, Jeff. Yeah. I put a call out. I said, hey, internet. Hey. If you want to be shouted out on this podcast right here with Little Brother, respond with the emoji that describes you best. And we've never done anything more successful than this. <laughs> more people have been more excited to do this than anything. So I, I say to those people, you're welcome. Yeah, you are my people. So so now what we're going to do is the first 25 people who responded, that, I, I'm not even kidding. It's been like two minutes. Right. The first 25 people, yeah. Jeff is going to read their names and your emoji, and we're going to do it right now. Real CBG with a sort of winky, sort of like, <laughs> you know, like sly dog sort of face. Got it. Frank William Miller Jr. with a devil dog face. By the way, know him in real life. That's, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Detroit player, our guy. Yep. Yes. Who has a radiating heart. This is Chino from the Charlotte area. No cap. No cap. Young Hazy with music notes. A little predictable. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daniel Soden with a with a pig face. Nice. Black case worker with like a it's like a shadowy figure, I guess. <laughs> All right. Jay Francis four two one with a king's crown. The whole. The Whole Foods F1 with like a crazy things. <laughs> uh, Patrick Reedy, normal mods, with a grossed out sort of uncomfortable face. You know the one that's like the best face? I'm making it right now. Yeah. Uh, Zoetic 5D with the head exploding. Okay. Notorious Jew is like a chimp. <laughs> Alright. No Ray Jones with a crying face slanted to the side. Big Lady grab a coat with two. Filled with love faces. Okay. Sort of just like very content and accepting everyone's love. Nice. Uh, Enigma 79 with a, like a disappointed, un, uh, suspicious sort of face. <laughs> yeah, uh, a disappointed face. Got you it. know the ones like looking towards the side? <laughs> Adbo Row with three planes taking off. The Ellis Ellis with a genie coming out of a bottle. Fuck your back. Yeah. Fuck your sad face hoe with a bunch of uh, French fries. Wait, wait, wait. The name is Fuck Your Sad Face and it's no Fuck Your Sad Face Ho. Yeah, but it doesn't even give you like any of that. It just gives you fries. It's fries. <laughs> uh Gintel G. Also with that sort of uncomfortable face, the best face on OG. Got it. OJ Wash with a protractor. That's not a protractor. Protractor is the, the thing that that goes down and draws a circle, right? Yeah, but this, I mean, this is very similar to that. Whatever <laughs> it is. a 45 degree angle. <laughs> it looks like a protractor. No, it's not a Sheeta. Sheeta. <laughs> with a very content face. Shake from Two Doughboys with a shake. Nice. Definitely nah. With uh, two, with like a paper clip, two things linking. It's like a magic trick. No, Jeff, it's like linking buildings. No, I understand that, but it's like a chain link. Andreas Hale with a closed black fist. All right. Penny Lane with a girl pushing up her hair. Right, right. Yeah, she's just like, mm, I don't care, right? Yeah. yeah. Gerard Smith with 200 emojis, which so, is not 300, no. and not 100. He's doing so it 200. 200. Yeah. And then also, Truther Vandros, Drew Brees, with a vomit face. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty perfect. Yeah. 
Shout out to all you guys for rocking with us. Keep spreading the word on a waste of time. It's the real. As always, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Brrr.